0: Boston Celtics get the ball popping in their second preseason game. I'm going to talk about it all and a minute's crunch that's going to be Ime Udoka's biggest challenge this season right now on a Monday, Locked On Celtics podcast. Rainer Jays back with the vengeance. back All the real Celtics fans in attendance. Ooh. This is the truth like 34. Yeah. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast, and thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On Celtics is free, available on all platforms, including YouTube, and every single episode up on LockedOnCeltics.com. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, and I'm here for you Monday through Friday to talk Celtics with you because... Basketball is fun, baby. Let's talk some hoops. Celtics over the Toronto Raptors in another nail-biter. 113-111. <laughs> Almost went to overtime. And one of one of my favorite things about preseason basketball is when things get close, everybody begs for no overtime. At least all the people at work. Like We're sitting there. It's a Saturday night, 7 o'clock game. You don't understand how fun it is for us. to to have that extra little half hour on a Saturday night. You get to maybe pop out and meet somebody for a drink afterwards while things are still open before last call. You know, live your life a little bit. So everybody was like, no overtime, to the point where uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez had two free throws on a weird play. Like, it didn't matter. It was the end of everybody's bench. And it was a tie game, and I was rooting for him to only hit one. This way, no matter what happened, make or miss for Toronto, it was going to be the end of the game. Now, they ended up missing their their last shot. uh, Came about .2 2 seconds after the, the buzzer. So the Celtics won the game, but that's not really what's important. What's important in this game is that the Celtics were moving the ball. The ball was popping. That's when the ball moves a lot. The ball was popping is like the greatest compliment Anybody in basketball can give ball movement. When, when you hear somebody say, oh, the ball was popping, like, that, oh, wow, Ooh, good ball movement. That's, that's like, I think, the highest compliment that can be given to uh, an offense. And the ball was indeed popping on Saturday night. The Celtics had 29 assists on 48 made field goals. It, it was actually a lot better a lot better ratio earlier in the game. And the best part about it for the Celtics is that Jason Tatum and Jalen, I'm sorry, not Jalen Brown. He's out with COVID. Marcus Smart were the two high assist guys, each had seven. Uh, Marcus Smart finished with nine points, seven assists. Tatum, 20 points, nine rebounds, seven assists in 28 and a half minutes. He missed his first three shots, then he shot 50% after that. to see those guys move the ball the way they did was great. And I was talking about what to watch for in this game in the Friday podcast. And one of the things I mentioned was moving the ball with a purpose, moving the ball, not just to to move the ball. And I wrote about this on Boston Sports Journal. Passing for the sake of passing was kind of what I saw in that first game. Not always, but I think what, what the Celtics were doing in that first game was just Overpassing to a great degree, they were they were passing for the sake of. I know that Ime Odoka wants me to move the ball. I have a decision: shoot or pass. I'm just I'm just going to pass every time. And Marcus had a couple of bad turnovers in that first game. A few guys had some bad turnovers in that first game, mostly because they were just move the ball, move the ball, move the ball, which. Fine, that that's fine. I would actually have those. I'd rather have that be the case than not moving the ball enough. Imagine coming out of the first week of a training camp where the coach is emphasizing ball movement and having the guys come out and be like, "Nah." So I'd rather have it go too far the other way. Now in this game, they 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 slowed it down. What's my favorite phrase? Say it with me: Slow down to speed up. Slow down so you're not making the mistakes that you have to correct. One of my favorite things from from uh, when I was playing my uh, college coach, Hank Smith would say that if you made a mistake, you're trying to move too fast and you move so fast that you make a mistake, you're not really moving fast because you have to now correct that mistake, or it leads to something that slows you down. And so you slow down, you take a step back, and then that actually speeds you up because you're doing something as fast as you can in control. The next guy's doing the same thing. Then you're not making those mistakes and the ball can move. This is what I saw in game two. Just a little bit more control, a little bit more. Yeah. They want to do the 0.5 offense and all of that, but it's not literally a half second, you know, like that's the point of emphasis. That's the coaching kind of phrase. And you say, Hey, you got a half second to make your decision to push these guys to get close to that, but you're not really giving half a second. You just want to see these guys make quick decisions. In the second game against Toronto, guys made quick decisions, but smart and under control, under more control. They still had a ton of turnovers. That second quarter was an abomination. They, they turned the ball. uh, I don't know how many turnovers they had in the second quarter. I suppose I could figure out as I'm talking, but They gave up 43 points in the second quarter, which, which was brutal. Uh, let's see turnovers in the second quarter, seven for, for the Celtics in the second quarter. And they gave up a ton of points off of turnovers. In fact, let's see 23 turnovers. So a, the the biggest percentage of the turnovers came in that second quarter, they almost invariably all of them led to, uh, runouts and they were live ball turnovers and they gave Toronto a chance to stay in the game. But when you look at the overall, and Emi uh mentioned this, you look at the rest of the, the game, 16 points, 27 points, 25 points. Those quarters that defensively are kind of in line of where they want to be. The 43 points in the second quarter is the outlier. Uh, they gave up, let's see... 37 points off of turnovers. But, back to my original point. The ball movement, especially from Tatum and Smart, was super important. And the most important element of this game, like right up front, the most important element of this game was Tatum moving the ball. He didn't score much in that first quarter. It was 0-3 of in the first quarter. He didn't do much offensively as far as putting the ball in the basket, but he seemed in control of the game. He still seemed to be one of the best players on the floor, even though he wasn't putting the ball in the hoop because he was assisting and and moving the ball. And when you have a guy like that able to uh, control the game when he's not hitting shots, maybe he's a little cold, that is really, really important. That gives the the offense a, a chance to really shine. Uh, that gives him a chance to really put up some monster games because, okay, yeah, I'm not hitting shots. Well, I'm still going to move the ball. I'm still going to get the offense going. I'm not going to hunt too much for my own offense. That attitude there is something that that's going to get the whole team going. Uh, and the types of passes that he was making also very, very impressive. Uh, Emi Odoka says he finds guys, guys cross-court and has the size. You see things in that like that in a guy like LeBron or Luka Doncic. He can see over the crowd, and he's been great with that. Two of the best passers in the league, LeBron and Luka Doncic, having that comparison, it's true. Tatum in the post. He made one pass cross-court. He was posting up on the left side. Uh, two guys came at him. Romeo Langford was was on the opposite corner. Tatum found him beautifully. Robert Williams sent a nice pick to make sure, a back pick that makes sure that Romeo had plenty of time. Romeo drains it. Those types of passes are just incredible. And it seems like we're going to see a lot more Jason Tatum in the post, drawing a double team and, and working off of that and, and making passes off of that. So the ability to do that is going to be huge for Tatum and for the Celtics. Marcus Smart, his passing in this game was was beautiful. And the thing about Marcus Smart that what made him very effective is he adjusted. We're looking for signs of Marcus Smart as the point guard. Okay, what does the point guard do? He reads things. He adjusts. He he tries to give the game what it needs and and control the game as the point guard. And he he saw and and, and Al Horford made this point post game said, quote, tonight he quickly realized that if he puts pressure on the rim, the way that they were playing, the defense was collapsing. So it was opening up shots for all of us. He did a really good job of recognizing that. The thing about Smart is that he adjusts on how they're playing. He just kind of figures it out. So tonight, that's kind of what he did for us. Third quarter, five of the seven assists for Marcus Smart in the third quarter. All seven assists for three-pointers. Why is that important? Obviously, they're all three-pointers, so <laughs> he assists five, – seven assists for three-pointers is 21 points, which is huge. But it also signals that he's getting into the paint, that he's getting by a defender. Though When you assist on three-pointers, it's not just catch the ball and swing all the time. A lot of times when you're assisting on seven three-pointers in the game, that means that you invariably – have gotten into the teeth of the defense, you've drawn defenders, and you kick. So when I see seven assists all on three-pointers, that means that he's done a good job of drawing defenders and kicking it out. Of course, guys have to make their shots, but when I see that many assists all on three-pointers, a nice job for, for Smart adjusting, understanding that they were collapsing, packing the paint and finding guys in the corners. I mean, it was just really, that third quarter was just, I think one after another after another. It was was really nice to watch. So the two biggest stars, obviously Jalen was out. The two biggest stars on the floor were able to do the one thing that the coach has been looking for, especially. And then from that, everything else kind of flowed from there. So up next, some of the other guys here, like Romeo, like Grant, that did some things that were really, really good here, and later on that minutes crunch that I was talking about. First, I gotta tell you about Sleeper. Sleeper has recognized that something is broken when it comes to fantasy basketball, so they changed the game, literally changed the game. It's a new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick. So no more of your opponents having players who play more games that week, and you just losing because of that, because they compiled more stats. No more busy work. What you do is you pick, each owner picks one game for each player each week. That's the one that counts. So it levels the playing field. You can make your picks based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's player defensive ranking, pace of play, and more. So whether you prefer to redraft, keeper, or dynasty, Game Picks has you covered. So go download the Sleeper app. They have created, Crack the fantasy code. You are going to love game picks. It's a one-of-a-kind. It's the mo- game, it's the one of the most strategic fantasy basketball experience. I know your leagues are starting up. So download the sleeper app right now. Start a league with your friends. You will not be disappointed. Today's show also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and then you're watching sports highlights on your phone while using your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. It's a great way to get that TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings all your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter. Get rid of the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Once again, thank you for making the Locked On Celtics podcast your first listen every day. Coming up in the third segment, we're going to talk about that minute's crunch. That I think it's going to be Emeo Doka's biggest challenge this season. Why don't you make your second listen the Locked On Red Sox podcast or Locked On Patriots Patriots had a big comeback win. Red Sox had a huge win in a weird 13-inning game, but walk-off home run, awesome. All of that's covered on Locked On Patriots, Locked On Red Sox. Hey, Lockdown Bruins too. If you're a hockey fan, Locked On Boston is covered right here. Let's get back to the Locked On Celtics podcast and get into a couple of the other guys that I want to touch on in that Raptors Celtics game. First, Romeo Langford, who shot shot the lights out. Which, I've said, the ball going in, not going in, it doesn't really matter to me, right? I've said on the podcast, and somebody was busting my balls on Twitter, that I said, oh, Al Horford needs to you know, improve his three-point shooting, needs to be more consistent or whatever. He shot one of four in the first game, he shot four of four in the second game. So, yeah, you want to see that? You, it's always better to see the ball go in and not. But I didn't care. Like, Al Horford in the first game went one of four. He went four of four in the second game. I I thought he got the same looks in both games, so I'm cool with it. Like, I'm cool. I, what I want to see is certainly a more consistent 37, 38, 39% three-point shooter out of Al Horford, but if he's getting those looks, the same looks that have been generated games one and two of the preseason, I think he's going to be fine. Romeo, the shot falling carries just a tiny bit more importance because you just want to see that confidence grow that we talk about his shot ad nauseum I'm, I, and i asked him about the shot i'm kind of sick of asking about the shot every time he comes up post game I, I, I like i'm i'm not going to ask him about his shot anymore like he's at some point that storyline's over I, and i spent some time today looking at his shot from this season his shot from the rookie season even his shot in indiana and it's not appreciably different. It's he, he maybe there's like some more discipline with the guide hand, which was part of the problem why they taped the ping pong paddle to his his left hand when he first got to the Celtics because he developed a bad habit of 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 that guide hand kind of going with the ball. and so but but that's kind of done now. At this point, it's all about feel confidence, repetition. And so the three of four from three huge just because getting in there and, and getting those shots and that game winner he hit in the first game of the preseason against Orlando, important because that's what he needs to do. That's what he needs to be, a guy who can spot up and hit the threes and occasionally do what he did in this game. He was 3 of 4 from 3, 5 of 6 overall. The other two shots, a floater from – the right corner, which, right, nice, cool. And the other one was a nice, tough finish in transition, very similar to the uh, Jalen Brown play in that first Orlando game. If you remember that first Orlando game where Jalen drove left, took the contact, finished off the glass, and got the foul. Kind of a similar play from Romeo, but he didn't get the foul, but a nice finish in transition there. But the whole thing with Romeo is, obviously play defense and then offensively spot up, get to the spot where you know, you're going to catch the ball and be able to, to get a clean look. And then occasionally when there's a closeout, attack the closeout. He, he's he been a slasher in the past. He can get to the rim. He has that ability to get to the rim. We saw it, especially in Indiana. So play off of that. And so watching Romeo hit those shots Coming back off that game winner in that first game, again, not the fact that he won the game, but pressure situation, clock's winding down, you want to see somebody step up. Like He, in that moment, I'm sure felt something like he knows it's preseason, but you want to do well. So I thought Romeo's ability to spot up, kind of drift into the open spots, get ready for that, that pass, and, and and hit the shots— all really important stuff. Same with Grant Williams, who shot 50%, four of eight from the field, two of four from three. Overall had a nice game, 12 points, three rebounds, a very nice highlight block. Uh, I forget who it was on, but just a nice recovery to get up. He sneak. He has sneaky ups. He was joking about being able to dunk at media day. He can get up, and, and every once in a while he he can make those those types of defensive plays. Grant, the thing that stood out to me with Grant was his cutting. And I thought his ability, yeah, he spotted up for three. And Ime Odoka said he he needs to work on that shot. That's the shot that we need him to hit. But on top of that, I thought he did a really good job cutting to get into a spot where he can uh be be ready for a pass and make a play. The most obvious one was the dunk off of Al Horford. Al gets the ball on the right on the left block and then draws a couple. Uh Grant is spotted up in the right corner. He sees this opening as Al is dribbling. He sees Al is going towards the middle of the lane. And so he gives Al a passing lane by cutting baseline. And that ends up a big dunk. He had another great cut, I think, on a pass maybe from Jason Tatum. Uh, he made a couple of, of nice plays cutting. That is an important aspect of this offense. Ball movement doesn't mean a damn thing if guys aren't cutting to open spaces to make that pass available. And it's especially important with these young guys, with these role players, you got to be able to make that play. Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart are all going to draw attention in their own ways to varying degrees. They're going to be out there trying to make plays. You, Grant Williams, uh, Romeo Langford, Aaron Nesmith, everybody, Josh Richardson, all of those guys, the role players, need to see where these opportunities are to cut. Now, of course. Tatum and Brown and Smart and Horford need to make those same plays too when the other guys have the ball. But when the whole crux of this offense, this ball movement is, Tatum's going to draw attention. Jalen's going to draw attention. Horford's going to draw mismatches and attention. Smart hopefully can get into the teeth of the defense, get by, either on a pick and roll or wherever, get in, getting into uh, the lane and draw attention. They're all looking to make passes. I- Ime Odoka is making it. Clear, we want you to distribute more. So, Grant cutting, guys cutting, getting into those spots cleared by the defense, getting behind the defense is critical. Critical to an offense that has question marks actually performing and playing well. So, nice to see Grant make a couple of those nice plays. Those are the plays that are going to make a huge difference in games. When you can get a couple of role players, two, three role players making two, three cuts and scoring easy layups, even if it's four points for Grant, four points for, uh, Romeo and four points for whomever else, you know, that's 12 points that the difference between a 90 point game and a 102 point game could be the difference between a win and a loss. So, Everything matters. I liked that. All right. Now, Grant and Romeo just highlighted the numbers crunch that's going to, I don't know, threaten what Emi Odoka is trying to do this season. I think the minutes situation is going to be an issue, and I'm going to talk about that next. But first, got to tell you about Bilt Bar. And one thing I like to do about Bilt Bar is I like to go to Built.com and just kind of see because I know that they're going to have their usual lineup of great flavors. But hey, I go to this the, the website and like, wow, Apple Almond Crisp, which is a new flavor that is here for a limited time only, only when supplies last. So it's a flash sale. Go check it out. Apple Almond Crisp. When you go to Built.com, you, you mouse over it. 160 calories, 18 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. Those are basically your macros. When you go to Built.com, you're going to see 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 or 5 grams of sugar, 4 or 5 grams of net carbs. It's a delicious protein bar that is healthy for you, and it's it's not going to put too many calories into your system where – you. Know, Any workout that you're doing is is wiped out or it's going to add too many calories to your diet. Go check it out for yourself. It's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team and of NASCAR. Go to built.com, You get a promo code here, LOCKED15. You get 15% off your order every single time you order. So go test one out, get a mixed box, try one flavor, figure out what you like, then go back and stock up. Use that promo code LOCKED15 every single time you order. At built.com. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. Thank you, as always, for making the Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. How about making your second listen to the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball podcast? Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet, free. Available on all platforms. Shout out to Karuna and his crew that I met at the garden after the uh, Raptors game. Uh, anybody that's at the game and you want to come say hi, wherever you are, come say hi. Let's take a picture. Let's let's talk a little bit. Like if I have a minute, I'll I'll you know I'll talk. I'll chat. Like come on over. I really do appreciate it. Karuna was. Awesome, and you know, friends were awesome, and it was good to good to chat uh, briefly, quickly as I was trying to get my stuff wrapped up for the game, but uh, for the post game. But really cool. I always love meeting anybody, anybody that listens to the podcast. Like, can I just take a second here to say I really am appreciative that you care enough to listen. Karuna said. Uh, he does make this show his first listen every day. A lot of you who do thank. even if you don't like, even if you just, whatever second, your third, your fourth, listen, I want it to be first, but listening at all, any amount is, is awesome to me. And I just am eternally grateful for everybody who decides to include me in your Celtics experience. You know, I'm just here to make this game more enjoyable for you. And hopefully this is like you and I just talking. You're in the car and you can talk back to me and have a conversation with me even if I don't exactly hear what you're saying. I know with these ears, I might be able to hear what you're saying. But whatever it is, I really do appreciate uh, any anybody who, who listens and wants to come say hi. It's awesome. All right, let's, let's get into this minute's crunch because after Romeo and Grant – Played well in that second game and showed, hey, you know, maybe maybe these guys, I I was going through the minutes and I I just don't know where they fit, but there's Romeo hitting that game, go ahead shot in the first game and having the game that he did, making a case for himself, starting in place of Jalen Brown. I should have mentioned that at the beginning, starting in place of Jalen Brown. Grant having a couple of decent games, that second game was really good. Guys making a case for themselves. Emeo Doka has a real problem on his hands, and we can say it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. They have good depth, but there are guys competing for minutes that basically I think somebody's going to end up pissed off. If there's any one thing I can look at this season and say, this has a potential to be a problem, that either at, at the very least causes someone to, you know, moan about it in, in the locker room. And I don't know how anytime there's anything in the locker room that anybody can complain about, you run the risk of people taking sides. So, not that I expect anything or I'm not trying to create any drama or anything like that, but there's very obviously not enough minutes to go around on this team. So, unless Brad Stevens is making a 2 for 1 3 for whatever trade that that clears some of this up there's going to be some level of discomfort with the minutes so look it's five position 48 minutes a game you get 240 minutes so Tatum Brown you would expect the two pillars to play about 35 minutes a game right Your other starters, Smart, Horford, Rob, 30 minutes apiece, 30 minutes for Schroeder, 25 minutes for Richardson, who seems to be a a key piece here. Just with the starters, that's 160 minutes. If if every single starter is over 30 minutes, Tatum and Brown are at 35. I think that's reasonable. Smart might play a couple more. Rob might play a couple less. But somewhere in there, you're gonna get about 160 minutes, which means there's about 80 left. If Schroeder's gonna play 30 minutes, and I can't imagine him being happy with less than approximately 30 minutes. 28 might be okay, but not much more, not much less than that. Richardson, somewhere in that 25 minute range. I mean, we're just in those approximations, there's 25 minutes left. Your starters are gonna get their minutes. Schroeder is gonna be the sixth man for sure. Richardson's in the plans for sure. But however you want to distribute the rest of these minutes, there aren't many minutes left. 25 minutes left. Maybe you got 30. Even if you've got 35, we still have Juancho Hernan Gomez who started the first preseason game. And it's very obvious that Emi Odoka is looking for who works with these guys. He said it on Sunday. I'm looking to see who can play with these guys coming off the bench in everything that he has said is pointing to a very obvious. You start Tatum Brown, smart Horford, Rob Horford comes out first, comes back in with Schroeder and possibly Richardson. And then you go from there. So if this is the case, you still have Wancho who might come in with that group, Peyton Pritchard. People love Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Nismith, and it's Cantor. And oh yeah, Romeo Langford and Grant Williams, who had just spent an entire segment talking about. So one, two, three, four, five, six guys, five minutes a piece. That's thirty minutes, right? Like you're not gonna you're not gonna get all thirteen of those guys. This is thirteen people. Ime Odoka said we trust about twelve or thirteen people. This is it. These are your thirteen. So what happens? Now Cantor's probably going to get some DNPs and then he's going to have some situational play. Wancho, I think is going to have a bigger role. So Wancho probably plays like 15, 20 minutes a game. If that's the case, then you've got what? Five, 10, 15 minutes, maybe at the most. If you're, you're talking about how you distribute these minutes, you're still talking about Peyton, Aaron, Romeo, Grant. Where do these guys get their minutes? This is why I keep saying someone is going to get a surprise G League assignment. Someone's going to get the, hey, we're at home for a few days. You're not playing. You haven't been playing. Portland's at home for a few days. Take the drive up to Portland, or I'm sorry, the main Celtics are are, are at home for a few days. We're going to take the drive up to Portland. Go play those. If we need you in an emergency situation, you just drive right back down to Boston. It's not that long of a drive. You might see Romeo. You might see Peyton. You might see Aaron Neesmith out there. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, I feel like Peyton and Neesmith are gonna are, are not going to be in that mix. But who knows how this is going to go? My whole point here is you've got seven people that are going to take a majority of the minutes. And, all right, you can go to nine or ten. So, You've got Wancho, Payton, Nismith, Lankford, Grant, Cantor. Two or three of those guys are going to be in the mix regularly, which means two, or two of those guys, at least the young guys, are going to be kind of situational and maybe through no fault of their own. So is it Romeo? I know people are sick of it and hearing me talk about and advocating for the G League stuff. I don't see it as a demotion. I just don't see it as a demotion. If you say to, let's say, Romeo, hey, you You haven't gotten a lot of consistent minutes recently. We're going to send you to Maine for a week so you can get 35 minutes because they've got that stretch of games. Go up there 35 minutes. you don't have to play you know you don't have to get on the bus, you don't have to go fly, whatever coach that they fly. You don't have to do all that stuff. You can still come back and be a part of the Celtics. but go up there and play 35 minutes of basketball, keep your wind, keep your touch, keep your feel, and then come back. I think that's reasonable to ask. Somebody is going to get that. I feel I feel like somebody is going to get that surprising G League assignment and and people are going to be like, wow, whenever that happens, if it happens, I think when it happens, do not look at it as a demotion. Just look at it as This guy needs to go and get his reps, so might as well. And if there's any benefit to changing the name of them from the Red Claws to the Celtics, it might be when one of these guys, be it Romeo or Grant or Peyton or Neesmith, if one of those guys goes, you're at least still wearing a Celtics uniform. You'd be like, all right, still a Celtics uniform. It's okay. I'm just going to go and... Whatever, I'm just gonna I'm, gonna I'm gonna play play like a little side hustle game or whatever. But, but I I I do think it's gonna happen. All right, I think I'm gonna stop there. A lot more coming up this week. The Celtics are on the road, so stops in Orlando and Miami. Miami game is on Friday, so I won't talk about that game until next week. But lots leading up to this week, uh, going into the third and fourth preseason game. So. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening uh, wherever it is or watching on, on YouTube, thank you so much for doing that. Subscribe, you know, leave a comment, leave a comment in the YouTube. I try to answer comments in the YouTube channel, especially uh, ring that bell there on the YouTube page so you get notified whenever I drop a new video, all of that stuff. I still don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be asking for on YouTube. Because I'm an old man. I'm letting my beard grow and you can see a lot of gray hairs there. So cut me some slack when it comes to this. Please, just watch the videos and share the videos. Share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.